This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 72. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Dearborn, Michigan to talk to Pastor Tyler Walworth. He is the pastor of Our Savior Deaf Lutheran Church and the associate pastor of Emmanuel Lutheran Church. Pastor Walworth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Help orient us geographically. We're in Michigan. Where are we? Um, okay, well, uh, so so in Michigan, uh, you, you have the hand thing. So, you know, uh, you got to look at uh, it, it, the thumb's got to be towards you. Uh, the thumb is its own area. So we're, um, we're in the palm on the, the lower left-hand side of your palm, if you were to use your palm. Um, but uh, right outside of Detroit, Dearborn is about, I don't know, 10 minutes from downtown Detroit. Um, 10 minutes. Uh, now we're 10 minutes west of downtown Detroit. So Detroit is still east of us. Um, and, uh, and, of, and so that's the Emmanuel. And then um, Beverly Hills, which is the other church I serve, is about 30 minutes north of Detroit. So we're sort of in the metro Detroit area. I see. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you ended up there. Uh, so it's, it's been an interesting process. So this is, I, I've been about six years out now of, uh, of seminary. I've been in the office for six years. When I first got out, I was a missionary and I was serving in uh, New York, but I was uh, remote. So, uh, so I would come to uh, Long Island uh, and, and do some, some work there with Milneck uh, which was a deaf organization. And so my, my main work was with the deaf uh, community. Uh, and then later on, I took a call to Redeemer, which was in Birmingham, Michigan, and Our Savior. So uh, you know, Our Savior is the, sort of the common thread here. Uh, they're the deaf church. And so after I took that call, I moved to Royal Oak. Uh, and uh, so I was there. Uh, I, I was in Fenton, uh, which was a little further west. And then I moved east uh, to Royal Oak, and now I've moved to Dearborn. So I'm, I'm slowly getting closer to uh, to Detroit. But I was in Redeemer for two years, uh, serving the deaf and Redeemer as a hearing church. And now I'm doing that again, um, only as uh, soon to be the sole pastor, but right now the associate at Emmanuel in Dearborn and Our Savior Deaf. I see. Tell us a little bit more about deaf ministry. How did you come into that, and what does it involve, and how does it look any different or does it look any different from from regular parish ministry sure um yeah it's uh it was it was sort of an accident uh, uh pastor stephen schumacher who is now serving in ghana africa uh he uh was at the time i was at seminary he was the main on-campus uh professor and he sort of got me interested uh i, I got to seminary with no ambition of doing that kind of mission work i just wanted to be a pastor you know normal parish pastor. I liked languages, but whatever. Um, and then uh, he said, well, why don't you come to this class? And so I, I came, I went to the deaf ministry class, which it's first started again uh, in Fort Wayne Seminary during my time there. And uh, so after that, they put me in a vicarage and I was serving um, Reese, Michigan, uh, Trinity and Reese, 
Uh, and then uh, I was also serving a congregation called Christ the King in Flint, and uh, they were deaf. And so it was sort of a baptism by fire. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as for it being the same as hearing, um, the, the strange part about it is no one is, uh, you know, deaf parents don't have deaf children. They might, but most of the time that's not the case. About 98% of the time it's hearing parents with deaf children. And deafness is, uh, could be caused by uh, sickness or it could be caused by um, some medication that was taken and unaware, but it affected the child before birth. Uh, could be caused simply by genetics, um, but it's unpredictable. And so the deaf community is sort of all over the place. Uh, and uh, within the deaf community then, uh, if you have, uh, again, deafness doesn't mean you can't hear anything, um, but it means you cannot hear enough audio, um, you, your, your, your mind can't interpret enough audio conversation uh, to, to speak. Um, so, and again, that would be to have a conversation. Um, and so because of that, deafness is sort of a range. And not everyone who's deaf knows sign language. And so this is, so, so in the community, it's just sort of this, uh, there are, uh, there's deafness, and then there's those who are in the deaf community, which is bonded by American Sign Language. And that's sort of the even more narrow part where I'm dealing with. So I'm, I deal with a deaf community that knows sign language. I see. Tell us a little bit more about the area of Michigan you're in. What, are you, what would you say are some of the best parts about the area? Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm not a native Michigander. Uh, I'm, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, um, and, and even more narrowly, I'm from Kearney, Missouri, so sort of outside of Kansas City. Uh, growing up there and, and, and now moving here, uh, Michiganders love their state. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there is like a, a, a state pride that now I know this because my wife is a Michigander. So, you know, I have an in-depth knowledge. Um, but Michigan is a beautiful place. Uh, you know, they, they do have the, the Great Lakes, which they will boast about until they, uh, they can no longer boast um, so, you know, it's a, it's a peninsula, you know, totally surrounded by the Great Lakes. Um, and, uh, and so you, either, any way you go in the state, you're sort of running into a lake, you know, there's fishing, there's outdoors. Um, the one thing that, uh, the, the one distinction about Michigan is there's the UP and then there's the, the trolls, those who live in the peninsula. Um, so the UP is the upper peninsula, the part that's sort of connected to uh, Wisconsin and all that. And the, the lower peninsula is those who are, are under the bridge. That's why they're called trolls, um, because the, the, the Mackinac uh, okay. see. Yeah, so, so we're under the bridge. Uh, again, this is, this is a Michigander thing. I don't, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm coming in as a third party. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the, the main distinction. Everyone goes up north here. So that's a thing is there's a great migration every weekend to go up north. And, and that may be the UP or, or really it may be anywhere outside of this metro Detroit area. Uh, so the, the bulk of the population seems to be focused in the, the southeastern end, which is sort of where Detroit is and radiates from there. Everywhere else is sort of trees and, and beauty. So that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit more about Detroit and some of the challenges about being there. A lot of people hear Detroit and they think of urban decay. Is that right. really the case? And how far out from Detroit do you have to get in order to get to nicer places? 
Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's a lot of uh, movement in Detroit now to make it uh, nicer. Um, I mean, it's still true. You know, you can still get houses there for you know a thousand bucks or nothing. Um, to you know, the the city is still working on on um, building up that area. But again, that area is very, very, very small. Um, like I said, my house now uh, is like 10 minutes outside of downtown Detroit. Um, and uh, there's no, you know, you, you, if you came to my neighborhood, you wouldn't be like, well, you know, watch out for the, you know, the, the gangs and stuff. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that uh, that the, the Detroit uh, problem uh, has, has, it doesn't continue to radiate out outside of a sort of a core uh, in Detroit. And, uh, and, and it's a sad situation there, but it's left the communities around it. While they're impacted, I wouldn't say they're totally desolate. Okay, that makes sense. Tell us a little bit more about the area that you're in. Um, what What's it like being in Dearborn as opposed to, say, closer in the city or further away? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's been interesting because I've sort of started on like a western edge. Um, so if you know uh, of Ann Arbor, sort of Concordia University, Ann Arbor. Um, so that's like, you know, the beginning of uh, the beauty side. So once you get past Ann Arbor going west in Michigan, it's, you know, all trees and this, you know, lots of acreage and all this. Uh, east of Ann Arbor is like, you know, you're getting more into Metro Detroit, the city. Um, so starting in Fenton, which was like right on 23, which runs through Ann Arbor, I went to Roy Loke and, uh, and even that area still, I mean, the, the houses are, you know, still, I only know this because I recently bought a house, but they're like a hundred thousand more dollars than, you know, going a little bit further East. Um, so, so just to give you the monetary gap, um, but also the, the community wise, uh, I haven't noticed a huge difference. Um, Royal Oak is a nice little community, um, you know, th that was uh, close to, to Redeemer where I used to serve. Now moving to Dearborn, again, I, I haven't really, you know, I, I, mean, I haven't been there. I've been there for like two seconds, um, but, uh, but I haven't uh, really experienced a crazy uh, shift uh, in how people are living, um, you know, what, what the expectations are. It's, it's a little busier in Dearborn than it is in Royal Oak, so. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about the cultural contrast that you've noticed. You mentioned that you're from Kansas City, Missouri. What would you say are some of the, the differences you've, you've mentioned, like coming out as kind of an outsider and how much Michiganders really love Michigan? What else have you noticed in terms of cultural differences or ways of living differently? Let's see. I would say... Again, Missouri, they always, they always say the South is slower, but it's sort of, I've experienced that sort of true. You know, there's a, there's a busyness uh, being in, in Michigan that, that is different. Being from, from Missouri, again, you know, I was Northern Missouri, so I don't have a drawl or anything like that. Um, but uh, but we, we did things a little bit slower. You know, the highways aren't as packed. Uh, you know, the, the expectations are that you, you know, you're not constantly you know, doing stuff. Um, but for Michiganders, I, I've noticed that, they, I mean, they have to, you know, go somewhere every weekend. You know, I, again, the, the highways are packed, right? I mean, if you if you try to go somewhere on a Friday going north on any highway in Michigan, you're going to be in a traffic jam. Yeah, so uh, so there, that's just this cultural reality I've, I've not really, you know, experienced in the same way in Missouri. Um, 
so within within the state, they have they're, they're very much um, into their state sports as well. Um, so there's this uh, there's a Michigan State, Michigan University, and it is this you know die hard uh, reality for people in Michigan. Um, and so yeah, it's it's sort of cool to see. You know, it's it's a friendly camaraderie, um, and it's it's a fun thing for the for the state. Um, so uh, that's the state culture. Um, I would say uh, culturally here now, um, you know, again, Dearborn is, is the, the main distinction is, uh, as probably most people have heard, uh, is, is that the Middle Eastern population here is very, very large. Um, and so, uh, so Islam is, is sort of uh, number two here, um, if, if not almost number one based on the population. So, Interesting. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you a audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I recommend taking a look at Pastor Jonathan Fisk's Broken, Seven Christian Rules That Every Christian Should Break As Often As Possible. This was recently released on Audible. I'm very excited about it. In the book, Pastor Fisk goes through the classic pitfalls of moralism, mysticism, and rationalism, as well as several others. Check it out at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Well, let's go on then and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. What's it like being in a place that was, you know, predominantly or at least uh, nominally Christian, and now you've got this big influence of Islam coming in? Um, yeah, it's uh, it being where where we are. Um, so, so Dearborn is is sort of I, I'm I'm learning more about it as people sort of discuss it with me um, and where the where the people are here. Uh, but apparently, it actually used to be two different sort of cities um, itself. And, and there was and people will say just sort of off the cuff, Westbourne and Eastbourne. Um, so I said, oh, okay. Uh, there's even like you know whole marketplaces called. There's one called Westbourne Market. Oh, okay. Now I'm understanding. Um, but uh, but yeah. So the concentration then of the Middle Eastern population seems to be on the east of, of Dearborn. Uh, there's a freeway that runs through Dearborn called Southfield or 39 Highway, and uh, it sort of splits Dearborn into two. Uh, and so uh, Eastbourne is on the east side of that. I I live in Eastbourne. Um, uh, it's just on the other side of 39, and then there is Westbourne, um, and I think that's sort of uh, culturally some of the distinction too. So you get you know a lot more um, Arabic uh, speaking and, and Arabic signs on the east side as opposed to the west. Um, but again, I'm just sort of uh, getting uh, a taste of that. Uh, so Lutheranism, though, we still have uh, quite a few Lutheran churches around. Um, and, and lots of them with schools still. So that's a, it's a good thing. Um, there's lots of availability. Um, our school is small, um, but the Catholic presence here is also pretty large too. So I see. Talk a little bit more about the, the general culture of the town. Is it, would you say it's, has that 
kind of Christian ethos? Is it more secularized? How does the the Catholic, the majority Catholic part come in? Say a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, yeah. I, so what I've what I've noticed so far, again, uh, being sort of a more outsider, Royal Oak um, was very much secular, um, and, and it's a very uh, because of the influx of, of youth, so there's a lot of youth that were at Royal Oak. Uh, it was a very much a progressive town in, in the uh, political sense. Um, so you know you had a lot of um, a Democrat agenda there, um, which again, not not that that's um, necessarily good or good or evil, uh, but that's just the way it was. Uh, so they you know they they uh, all the signage there reflected a Democrat tendency. Um, and in, in this area, I would say it's sort of a mix of uh, secular and Islam. Those are really the main uh, main things I've seen so far um, is uh, on, on the west side. So the downtown area is sort of where the, the church is at. Um, and, and that's sort of how I've seen it as um, sort of a, a mix of everything. So uh, you, you have Emmanuel which is right off of the main Michigan Avenue road. Uh, and then you have the down, then you have Sacred Heart, which is the Catholic church on the corner. Uh, and then you have a Presbyterian church right across the way. Um, and then there's, uh, there's the downtown. And uh, overall, uh, the, the flavor seems to be more Middle Eastern, just in general. Um, yeah, and, and so it's, it's, it's a unique uh, aspect of it. Um, but you also have your, your typical things here too. Um, again, I, that's more based on the restaurants and things, but the, for instance, uh, Ramadan is being celebrated. And, uh, and so that, that's been, I, I've never even, you know, really taken note before, but now it's on every sign and every billboard and every, you know, restaurant. So I would say it's secular mainly, but also with a, a pretty heavy dose of, of Islam. I see. How do you begin to do ministry with that, or does it really affect your your ministry at all because you're you know doing parish work, not mission work? Yeah, I I don't know that I would uh, draw the line too strictly between the two. Um, I I definitely think uh, you know our our parish it, it's great because most of the people are are from Dearborn. Um, I, of course, mainly Westbourne, but there are people from from Eastbourne too that, that attend our church. Our church is located in Westbourne, so it makes sense that most people are are from this area. But I would say about eighty percent of the people here, yeah, are are from this area, um, and so they reflect the needs of of the area as well. So it, it's been uh, it's been good to work with them, uh, and as I'm working with them, I'm seeing uh, more and more of the needs of the area. Uh, whether they be, you know, that we need to reach out to uh, the Islamic community um, or uh, try to reach a uh, more Middle Eastern uh, group. Um, we don't have that many, I don't know that we have anyone right now who is, um, you know, from the Middle East in, in our congregation. Uh, so I think that's an area of growth for us. Uh, you know, I mean, it's right across the road. Um, and uh, my, my, my dream goal would be to learn Arabic. Right and, and just start an Arabic service, um, but uh, that's of course down the road. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that does sound like a really cool goal. <laughs> Let's go on and talk a little bit about 
Beverly Hills. We've I don't want to give them the short shrift. Is oh, there anything fine. that we need to to say about there? We've mostly talked about Dearborn so far. Oh sure. Um, well, you know they are uh, g- going to diversity. They're much less diverse. Uh, and uh, and again, I wouldn't say they're they. I, I shouldn't say less diverse. Let me put it this way: um, they are much more. Uh, different parts of the world diverse. So in that area, uh, because of the car industry and because of uh, some of the affluence uh, in the area, uh, it really draws people from all over the world, uh, not just only the Middle East. You have Middle Eastern people there, but um, there are, you know, all over Eastern Europe, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's quite astonishing how many people are, from many people groups are there. Um, even there's a lot of Asian influence there too. And, uh, and, and you, you, we actually had a group at Redeemer um, who uh, was, it's called the, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it now. Um, but it was a group of ladies who, uh, they were wives of businessmen. And, and their, their point was to create a friendly place uh, for different cultures. And so we had, I think they said they had like a hundred different languages represented or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, so we, we hosted them just as a meal, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a, a really a ministry event, but more just a meal. Um, and, uh, and, and they were all there and they were all from the area. That was the crazy part. And so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, and of course I knew sign language. So I sort of added to their, their languages. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that area is much more uh, affluent, but also, um, they, the, the community, uh, I think, is um, probably leaning more uh, just generic Christian. Um, and although there are two, three Lutheran churches just in the Birmingham area, uh, so, so there is a, a marked Lutheran presence there, too. I see. Let's talk what, what it's like to raise a family there. You know, it's, it's sort of the, uh, the typical... Uh, you know, 1950s family, right? I mean, it's, uh, the, the neighborhoods are all nice. And so you, you know, you, you, you feel pretty comfortable. I mean, even where we move now in Dearborn, um, you know, we've, we've been able to, to raise our kids with relative little interference, no, no big issues. Um, and we've had access to Lutheran schools. I mean, there, there's, there's so many Lutheran schools around us. So we really haven't had to, to worry too much about the public school system, uh, which is a whole nother story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so for raising a family, it's a great place to raise a family. I think, uh, you have Lutheran options all over the place. Um, and Lutheran churches all over the place, and, and that was that's another weird part about Michigan is there there in this area there there's so heavily uh, Lutheran in the sense that there's so many schools. I mean, they have four high school. Well, they used to have four high schools, Lutheran high schools. Wow. You know, when we grew up in Kansas City. We had one Lutheran high school, and we had like at, when I was going, it was like a hundred kids for the entire Kansas City metro area. I mean, th- this was <laughs> so so the so the amount of Lutherans around here is much greater. Let's now turn to current events. Michigan has been in the news quite a bit in terms of the number of coronavirus restrictions. How's it been for you and your congregation? Is it getting better? Is it still pretty much the same? Yeah, yeah. I we, we had to talk about the pandemic. <laughs> no, it's it's uh yeah, it's such a strange thing. Um it, it's uh I hear of it often, 
Um, but you know, the way it's in the news, it's, it's such a, uh, there is no reflection of what's in the news versus what's actually happening. You know, we're not all running around the streets. You know, I, I think I heard, I, I think I heard someone say that we had like triages out in the parking lots or something. And like they converted something in downtown Detroit into this crazy hospital, which never got used by the way. That's a common theme across the U S that happened here in Seattle too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so again, and, and God be praised that we had such a, a great response of people who wanted to do the right thing and, uh, healthcare workers willing to help. So, uh, that's a wonderful thing, but restriction wise, um, it's been really hard on the businesses, um, being coming out of Royal Oak. I think if, at least just on my anecdotal looking around, at least five businesses had closed by the time that, you know, we were, you know, six months into this coronavirus thing. Um, and again, downtown Royal Oak, there, there's a lot of young people that go out all the time. And so, you know, to start a business in Royal Oak was sort of like an obvious thing. And now it's, you know, they're, they're closing all over. Um, it's, I think it's clearly still impacting the, our congregation, how it's impacted us, um, we are, so how we've responded and I know churches all over do this differently, but we've responded as, uh, you know, we, they started off, um, this is Dearborn, uh, but they, they started off as sort of, uh, you know, we closed for a while and then we reopened, um, sort of typical of the area. Um, and then when we reopened, uh, they, we did a mask optional. Um, and then eventually we did, uh, now this last Easter, we took off our COVID restrictions for our main services. Um, so in, in what we were doing at that time, because we were already mask optional was, uh, we were doing the six feet spacing and other things. Um, and again, we're, we wouldn't encourage people to say, well, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Coronavirus doesn't exist. Um, but our stance has more been, um, that, uh, we are a family. And so we treat each other like a family. Um, and, uh, so we have tried to address the needs of those who, uh, would, would like to see some more, um, implementation of COVID restrictions. So we, we, we do have one, uh, service, uh, on Saturday today, uh, at four o'clock as a mask only service. And so people who come to that, um, they are, they're asked to wear a mask to that service. That's sort of been our response to, um, the surrounding restrictions and the surrounding environment, um, to help people who uh, may uh, feel vulnerable and want a place to go, uh, but still want to come here. Uh, and so, you know, we, we've provided that four o'clock service for them. I see. Let's talk about what there is to do, things to see, places to eat. If you had a friend coming into town, where would you say, got to go here? Oh, uh, well, there's Buddy's Pizza. I don't know if you've ever, you know, been in the Detroit area, but Buddy's Pizza is like their claim to fame. Um, you know, and, uh, and it's right on Michigan Avenue here. I don't know that that's the original. I was told the original is like somewhere in downtown Detroit, but this is like the big one, uh, on Michigan Avenue. And, uh, so that's, that's sort of out to eat wise. Uh, there's Buddy's Pizza. There's amazing Middle Eastern food, of course. Uh, we're just sort of touching the surface of some of those things. Um, and really the amazing thing is there's so many in this little area, uh, uh, cultural places you can go. I mean, there's like, great Polish places and great, um, you know, German places, of course. Uh, and, and so you, you have all these great little, little places around here. So going out to eat is a dream 
Um, and you could go pretty much to any region of the world you want to go. Um, as for stuff to do, uh, there is uh, the, so right on Michigan Avenue here, just like five minutes from the church is um, the Henry Ford Museum. And so this is, you know, this massive structure that Henry Ford made. Uh, there's also Greenfield Village. And so uh, Henry Ford, back in when, when he was alive, made this whole layout, um, made this museum, stuffed it full of amazing things of mechanical wonder. Um, and then in Greenfield Village, he brought these houses. Um, you know, they, I think they have, um, oh, who, see, now I, I should have researched my Greenfield Village, but they brought these houses of those who were sort of the technological giants of the time, and they put them all there. And uh, so you can you can go into the into these places that are are very old, um, and they're reconstructed. They actually took them down and put them back up um, in this Greenfield Village, and so you get to walk around and you know, it's sort of like a living history. And you, of course, you get to ride around in Model Ts. So, so that's the the direct area. But downtown Detroit now has been built up. Um, you know, you you have uh, the Tigers are down there. Uh, the Pistons have a new arena uh, called Little Caesars Arena. Um, and so there, you know, you, you pretty much have every major sport um, that you could go to just in this little, you know, Metro Detroit area. Um, so there's there's uh, an abundance of things to do, which, again, is 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 great. Absolutely. As we start to close out the podcast, Pastor Walworth, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Um, sure. So we, uh, we, we do live stream our services, uh, and that's uh, if you go to Emmanuel Lutheran uh, Dearborn, that's our, our website. Um, and uh, let me uh, actually, let me double, I'm going to double check the, uh, how that goes. Emmanuel Lutheran Dearborn. Um, so it's actually Emmanuel Dearborn, E M M A N U E. Dearborn.org. Uh, so that's sort of the main hub of where everything we post everything there, all our schedules, all our uh, YouTube stuff. So I would say if you wanted a flavor of what Emmanuel's like, you could go there and find everything you need. Great. And then our Savior? Our Savior, we have uh, we also have a website, um, and I post there also uh, some great devotions uh, weekly uh, based on the historic lectionary, uh, and you can find all the information you need there. Uh, it's OSLCD, so Our Savior Lutheran Church of the Deaf, OSLCD.org, and uh, and that's where again, sort of the main hub. Uh, find out about us, uh, you know, look at what we teach and how we teach. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's where you could find that. Great. Dear listener, you can find links to all that stuff that Pastor Woolworth just mentioned at the show notes page. It'll be at lutherancartographer.com slash 72. Pastor Woolworth, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Um, if you're in the area or any anywhere in the Metro Detroit area, feel free to come by. Uh, we uh, we would love to see you here. Uh, this is where Lutheranism thrives at Emmanuel. Um, so uh, we we love our liturgy, we love our hymns, but we also uh, love our visitors too. Uh, so uh, if you're in the area and you're Lutheran, uh, or if you're in the area and you're not Lutheran, you're exploring, uh, please come by. We'd love to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out that show notes page. That'll be at lutherancartographer.com 
slash 72. I encourage you to follow the show on iTunes or on Stitcher if you aren't already, so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.